John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Theme tune time. Let's go, John. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. I told you there's no way I'm singing. Come on. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. Yeah. John and Sam in Japan. Never gonna happen. And put your clothes back on, it's just weird. Ah, never! John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Welcome to the show! Here's John. And here's Sam. And this is John and Sam in Japan. The international comedy podcast. Christmas is nearly here, are you getting excited? Yeah, yeah, just because that means I don't have to work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> how many more days you're counting it down how uh, many more i think well from t- from tomorrow it'll be i don't know two weeks i guess well this is going to give away <laughs> how often how in advance we record this podcast really isn't it <laughs> well no because this episode's going out in about three days <laughs> oh is it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Sometimes it's a week in advance, two weeks, and sometimes it's, well, just at the last minute. (laughs) All right. Okay. A bit like our Christmas shopping. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully we don't panic and give the listeners something shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's the thought that counts. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What's been going on with you? Uh, Well, yesterday, my mum is fantastic at organising stuff uh, and then leaving it up to me to take care of it so she i've got a lot of stuff i need to do before christmas uh to do with my work and stuff and my mum put it into my daughter's head oh why don't we have a christmas party so my daughter's been saying oh grandma says we can have a christmas party and i great that's just what you need to uh, need to be doing uh so then i said to my mum she said oh you know it'll be fine and then i said well who's gonna do it all i said well you know it's your daughter you can do it and i'm like right i said (laughs) You know, it's a Saturday afternoon. And she went, well, your dad can cook all the food. And I'm like, well, have you asked him what he wants to do on Saturday afternoon? <laughs> and then it's, uh, you need, and then uh, as the weeks progressed, the event was yesterday, but as the week progressed, it's like, oh, you need to buy this for the party. You need to buy this for the party. They need party bags. They need this. They need that. They need. So yesterday morning, I was sat wrapping up presents for a past the parcel. <laughs> <laughs> for a party that I didn't want to host. Um, and then, they, you know, then obviously a lot of five-year-old girls turned up and I've got to entertain them for two hours. When I wanted to, wanted to watch football, I'd just chill out because I've had a busy week. And then some of the kids just don't have any manners, which annoys me. You, you didn't give any a clip around the ear, did you? No, I had to use my teacher voice. <laughs> I saw food that, you know, I'd asked all the parents in advance, is there any kids with like special dietary needs and, you know, are there any fucking vegans or whatever? And it, it, <laughs> all the parents had said no. And then the kids turn up and it's like, you know, chicken chicken nuggets, fish nuggets, uh, chips and beans. And it's like, oh, I don't like that. I'm not allowed to eat fish. I'm not allowed to eat chicken. Oh, I don't like cook. <laughs> I don't drink Coca-Cola. And it's just, basically, they all just said they just didn't want anything that I'd prepared. <laughs> Ungrateful little bastards. Oh, and then it's like, well, can I... And there's very few pleases and thank yous. At one point, I did oh. a, a survey to see how many of you uh, eat it. <laughs> how many of you eat at a table at home? And um, less than half the half the, uh, half the the crowd raised their hand. Everybody <laughs> One, one kid said, I eat, I eat on the floor, and I was 
stop stop myself from saying I have a fucking ball. Yeah, you, you you do use a plate. Right, yeah. Savages. I like this party. This party sounds like sort of half Christmas party, half sociological study. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well it made me it made me it made me feel that I'm doing parenting right. Um yeah. well, at least you're putting in a bit of effort. Yeah, <laughs> your your daughter <laughs> uses a plate when she's uh, sat in the garden eating her dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I was just I was shocked at the level of just yeah, it's like Lord of the Flies, and these are little <laughs> girls as well. It's not like boys. <laughs> they would have tore the place up. I know. I don't know what's going to happen to the future of mankind. <laughs> the future's not looking very bright. I was quite I was quite depressed last night. I had a bottle of wine just by myself and thought. <laughs> <laughs> Did you use a glass? <laughs> yeah, no. And were you sat at a table? <laughs> no, I was sat on the floor swinging straight from the bottle. <laughs> Tears rolling down my that's, face. That's exactly <laughs> how I picture you. <laughs> yeah. With my fairy wings on. <laughs> it's my party. I'll cry if I want to. <laughs> yes, very much. Lonely this Christmas. So how's your week? Has it been more um, excited? Um, I've had a pretty normal week just working as a... I had a comedy show last night. Uh, did a stand-up show up in uh, Vega Bar, Vega Wine Bar in Ebis in Tokyo. Great show. It was show. a great show. Great, Yeah, great crowd. Had a good time. Um, but it was funny. After the show, I was talking to a couple of the audience members. It was a Japanese guy and his American wife. Um, they've come to the show a couple of times. And they said they were listeners to this podcast. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, so hi to them if uh, they're listening. But it wasn't until just after the after we'd spoke and they'd left that it kind of occurred to me actually what they had said. So the the uh, the, the wife said, "Oh yeah, he's a fan of your podcast. He listens to it all the time." And he said, "Yeah," and he agreed. And then she said, "Yeah, he makes us listen to it in the car." <laughs> and it wasn't until after that I really, yeah, till I really kind of felt the impact of the word makes. <laughs> So if uh, if you guys are there listening in the car now, well, I'm glad that at least one of you is enjoying it. Well, why don't we why don't we get him to make him make her download it on her phone so we double our listener count? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that would be doubling it. <laughs> no, increasing our listener count. Oh, yeah. Incremental increases. That's what we're all Slowly about. Slowly but surely. <laughs> yeah. uh, tell your friends, John and Sam in Japan.com. <laughs> yeah. Tell him to get a people carrier and make lots of people listen to it. <laughs> yeah. All individually, but simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> so what's on today's show then? Well, today we have a packed show. It's the return of Culture Corner. Uh, we've got some burning question action and some stand-up comedy from Egyptian-Dutch comedian Hager. Uh, but of course, first, this. This is JNSNJ News. Time for some news. John, what have you got for me? This is, well, I you know how much I... I was going to say I hate political correctness gone mad because I obviously I agree with political <laughs> correctness to a, certain, to a certain degree, but when it gets to certain <laughs> levels, I do find it quite insane. Um, and this one is Peter, the people for the ethical treatment of animals, I've always thought, why do people call it Peter? Surely they should call it Pet. Ah, Peter. Yeah. Would that not maybe, yeah, I'd call it Pet. In fact, I'm going to call it Peter just to p- 
case of people who <laughs> enjoy this sort of stuff. Anyway, Penta gets... gets... <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've just seen a slight work insight to the working of John's mind. <laughs> so... Petter gets dogged for tweet demanding end to anti-animal language. Petter's suggestion that some <laughs> phrases are anti-animal attracted a lot of catty comments. This is uh, from the Huffington Post. So the the writer da- David Moy, uh, the uh, the writers had a lot of fun punning this. So it says the activist group People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals has a bone to pick with phrases it says are anti-animal, <laughs> but rather than beat a dead horse. Petter offered alternative, oh. more animal-friendly phrases on Twitter on Tuesday afternoon. So there's a list of things that uh, Petter... Uh, well, a list of sayings that Petter thinks we should change. <laughs> I love that you're sticking with Petter. <laughs> I am. For the rest of my life now. <laughs> yeah, I know you are too. I know. <laughs> and I know, actually, the thing that you're looking forward to most is for when, when someone contradicts you and says, uh, John, I think you find it's... Peter, Peter. <laughs> I know that you're looking forward to that moment a lot. To explain in why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, good God. So, well, there's there's a list of famous expressions that involve animals. Uh, well, I, I guess it's called anti-animal language. And what they recommend to changing it to. Uh, this, I actually looked into this. This story was on the Huffington Post. It doesn't really go into it. And what it was was that a linguist had said that because more and more people are becoming vegan, at some point in the, in the future, these kind of expressions will slowly die out as people become more conscious about animals' feelings and stuff. But anyway, here's a list of... Well, tell me, what do you think would be an acceptable alternative? And they all kind of rhyme or they go along the same... What would you say? Syntax, I guess, if that's the right word. Here's how to remove speciesism from your daily conversations. So there's <laughs> Is that what it's called? <laughs> speciesism, yes. <laughs> I feel like, considering I had chicken for lunch, I'm quite the speciesist. <laughs> a species. Oh, that's speciesist. That's, that's a mouthful. But not as big a mouthful as the mouthful of chicken I had for my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, there's a few of these uh, expressions. So I want you to see if you could come up with what you think would be an an acceptable animal friendly alternative okay do you do, do i still do i have to still use an animal or is it like a completely different phrase uh well some i'll tell you the ones where you've got to use the same animal and then there's one where there's a couple where you've got to just choose a completely different thing which sounds has the same kind of rhythm or sound rhyme okay uh the first one you're using the same uh, birds so it's kill two birds with one stone Okay, I'll tell you what, give me, give me the answer to this one as an example, and then I'll... Okay, well, so instead of saying kill two birds with one stone, uh, it would be feed two birds with one scone. Oh, or, okay, or, all right. I, I, I get the game, I get the game. I mean, that doesn't... Some people, I mean, they've just taken, not into, taken into account that some people use the word scone. I am, I am a scone man. Yeah. You don't say <laughs> kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> well maybe you might start <laughs> yeah well no i say scone uh, do you yeah, yeah. To call well i'll have to say end. that then yeah. <laughs> to k- kill two birds with one stone <laughs> yes and i'm not changing it and i can't wait for someone to confront me when i say that's a 
when I'm playing Paper Scissors Ston. <laughs> um, okay, go on then. So let's do the game. Tell me the next one. Okay, so next one, you, you're actually changing the animal. Uh, and the, okay. the, the, the expression is be the guinea pig, uh, which means to, you know, be the guinea pig. You know, like in science where they just uh, test makeup on guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it's an animal-friendly version of being a guinea pig. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say letting the mouse try the soup. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this one doesn't even have an animal in the answer. So, do you want to try something oh, right. else? So it's be the something. Okay. Uh, being a test subject. Oh, very close. <laughs> oh, is it? It's, yeah. It's be the test tube. The test tube. <laughs> yeah. But again, they've not really thought that out, have they? Because uh, calling somebody a tube means uh, a penis. Yeah. <laughs> be the test penis. <laughs> you could be the test cock. Oh, no, we're back to the animal problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the next one is beat a dead horse. So it does involve a horse. <laughs> okay. Um, stroke an already satisfied horse oh very very close um in fact this one i think is quite horrible it says feed a fed horse um, <laughs> like force feeding them well yeah we seen <laughs> like the, with faux gras <laughs> yeah like in uh, that beginning of seven where uh, the serial killer just having a having a horse the obese guy having a horse tied to a table and feeding it spaghetti hoops till it till it bursts <laughs> Peta are actually uh, just being horrible, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not what they say they are. This one, again, bringing home the bacon. So um, change the word bacon. Bringing home the corn. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, bringing home the bagels. Um, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's be honest, bacon's much more delicious than bagels. Well, it could be a bagel with bacon on it and cheese. Oh, well, now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the last one, I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, you <laughs> take the bull by the horns, which means, I mean, this, right, taking a bull by the horns means to like just take the initiative and do something. Their yep. version of that is just complete nonsense. What do you think it is? It doesn't involve animals. Right, no animal. Okay, no animal this time. So, I mean, like the last one about the test tube was weird. That had yeah. no animal in it. So I'm going to say... <laughs> control the tube <laughs> well no it's it's uh it's ridiculous it's take the flower by the thorns <laughs> that's mental that is it's completely that. different yeah. so they've gone with thorns because it simply rhymes with horns <laughs> yeah and also you know so you're just going to start ripping up flowers because flowers <laughs> don't have feelings and you're just going to pierce your own flesh with thorns <laughs> humans are animals too petter <laughs> yes exactly what somebody think of the thumbs just as it became unacceptable to use racist homophobic or ableist language phrases that trivialize cruelty to animals will vanish as more people begin to appreciate animals for who they are and start bringing home the bagels instead of the bacon uh, maybe they, they could be right you know people they, it could be like in 20 30 years someone might stumble across this podcast listen to this episode and then <laughs> think that we are two of the most speciest bastards that ever walked the planet <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm all for, you know, less animal cruelty in the world and everything. Um, and, you know, maybe these things will die out. But I just don't understand why 
you have to have an alternative to something that's already you know if we if we stop saying bringing home the bacon i honestly don't care but i will care if people start saying bringing home the bagels instead because <laughs> that'll just because <laughs> that'll just annoy me yeah not using it is much more preferable than uh to, to than changing it as much as i hate this sort of thing i do think you know they should be commended for trying to make the world a better place <laughs> that was j and s in j news welcome one and all to culture corner it's the corner you can learn a lot about different cultures but not corners learn while having fun in culture corner it's a corner words phrases metaphors you'll soon know the score find out what they mean with a culture corner team hi i'm matt and welcome to culture corner If you've ever seen an episode of M.A.S.H., then you know the still they kept in their tent. That hodgepodge of pots, coiled tubing, and crockery made moonshine. So named for its often being produced under cover of darkness. Moonshine, legalized only within the last decade or so, is a type of alcohol typically made from corn mash or a mixture of corn, barley, and rye ranging from 63 to 190 proof. Strong enough to set fire to, or power a vehicle. Its popularity soared during American Prohibition, when colorful Appalachian figures such as Maggie Bailey and Marvin Popcorn Sutton would bootleg it by the caseful from places like Harlan County, Kentucky. The quality and safety of the drink fluctuated wildly without oversight. Some folks incorporated car radiators into their stills, from which antifreeze and other contaminants could cause blindness or death. A common folk test was to set a spoonful on fire. If it burnt blue, there's sipping to do. But the flame turned red, this might make you dead. Years ago in my Navy years, there were no women aboard combat ships, nor was alcohol permitted. Some of the fellas tried with limited success to spoil hunks of fruit with yeast into a god-awful witch's brew to while away the lonely hours. But the real party was hopping with the ordnance men, who'd tap the torpedoes for an intoxicating dose of their alcohol propellant, every bit as strong as moonshine. That, mixed with some fruit juice when you could get it, could strip barnacles off an anchor chain. We'd light each other's farts, as you do, and I once scorched my oysters so thoroughly I couldn't get out of those bell-bottoms fast enough, shining the dark side of my moon which no one wanted to see. White lightning, hooch, choop, mountain dew, shinny, mash liquor, it's known by many names. Next time you're vacationing in the Ozarks, 
stop by and have a jar. Here. Welcome to Hayashi Driving School, Tokyo's biggest and best driving school for foreigners. We specialize in helping foreigners get their driving license in Japan. The driving test in Japan is very hard for foreigners to pass. We Japanese care more about road safety than your country, so many foreigners feel stressed trying to get the license in Japan. But don't worry, we are here to help. At Hayashi Driving School, we have instructors who are fluent in English, Spanish, Italian, Chinese, Korean, and even Thai. You might not need a license in your country, or you might have been driving since you were 12 years old, but at Hayashi Driving School, we will help you get rid of all your bad habits. Here at Hayashi Driving School, we can drive you Japanese. Yo, Johnny McBee and Sammy O.T. Two princes talk a shit over a cup of tea Probably a spot of milk and a crumpet, please But there's someone else cooking in the kitchen Could someone answer the burning question? Okay, and now it's time for this episode's burning question Which was, what's the worst you've ever been caught short? Uh, for me, this is quite topical Because last Saturday I took my daughter to a, uh, a party And when I went to pick her up, the girl's mum was like Oh, she's not very well at all. And she looked, she was really sick. As soon as she saw we started crying. And she kind of got caught a little bit short at the party. And Ooh. very, she's only five. And the woman had very care, kindly cleaned her up and gave her a spare pair of pants and stuff. So got her in the car, was driving home. It's literally a three minute ride from this party to my house. Just as I pulled into so my house. Why are you in the car, you lazy bastard? Because <laughs> uh, it was, it was raining and it's up a hill. Oh, yeah, sorry. I forgot you're living in Huddersfield. <laughs> yeah. Um, and literally, just as the car pulled in, she was like, I need to go, I need to go, I need to go. Ran, opened the door, got to the toilet door, and then she uh, she went everywhere. So my Saturday night involved me showering off a five-year-old. Yeah, that's the joys of parenthood. I hope she listens back to this when she's 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, it sounds like last Saturday was worse than yesterday for you. Yeah, well, it was an improvement yesterday, I suppose. <laughs> at, least, at least my daughter had the manners to say thank you as I showered shit off her. <laughs> not, like some of these, not like some of these other savages. I hope you didn't do it at the table. <laughs> yes. So have we had anybody reply to us? Yeah, it was quite a uh, popular one, this one. <laughs> uh, we had an um, uh, email in from Mike. He said he was on his way up the M6, which is a notoriously bad motorway in England. He was on his way up the M6, stuck in traffic, and... Uh, he didn't. He wasn't particularly thirsty, but he had to down his bottle of Coke because he needed to use the receptacle to relieve himself. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there, I think. <laughs> yes. And did you get any? Uh, yeah, we got one from uh, Chris from the UK. He said, <laughs> "This is quite." He said he was on in Brighton on a conference, and he was walking along Brighton Pier with a group of uh, other conference members. And all of a sudden, he, he realised he had a really bad stomach. And so he excused himself from the group and ran ahead and went to the public toilets. But unfortunately, they were locked. And in desperation, <laughs> in desperation, <laughs> he had to drop his pants and just let himself go all over the wall. He, oh, then, no. he then pulled up his pants, ran back to his hotel, changed his underpants and met up with everybody at the conference. 
After the conference, him and his colleagues were all walking down the pier when one of them noticed uh, diarrhea against the wall. And then that involved a 20-minute discussion about broken Britain, (laughs) (laughs) which he joined in with. (laughs) <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> and so, anybody else? Well, it seems that the story you've just told, uh, it's it's not an uncommon one, apparently. Ollie <laughs> in Japan got in touch. Uh, he said he was... Oh, his is slightly more debauched because he was on his way, way home after a heavy night out, not on his way to a conference. But on his way home from a heavy night out, uh, he realised that his stomach wasn't going to hold all the way. So he ran round a corner and he found the nearest thing he could use, which happened to be one of those can bins. Uh, although he didn't take the top off and he tried to do his things <laughs> through the hole <laughs> where you put the can. <laughs> um, he said it wasn't till the next morning when he was walking on his way to work back past the the can bin that he realised how bad his aim had been. Oh, that is awful. <laughs> um, some... Can I just say, for about the 15th podcast running, I hope that no one's eating their breakfast. <laughs> yeah. How about for you? Yeah, I, well, I had a, I would call it a near miss, but it, I had a choice to make. Uh, shortly after my son was born, uh, maybe he was like a year or a year or so old, uh, we'd gone out for dinner near where we lived. Um, and then my wife decided she wanted to pop to the convenience store. So I was pushing my son back to our house in his pushchair. Um, I'd had a couple of beers at dinner. And you know what it's like? I got to the point where, oh, oh I need a wee. So we were living in an apartment at the time. So I lifted the buggy and I, up the stairs because there was no lift carried it up the stairs to where the front door was and then I was struggling to get my key out and once you've got near your house you know what it's like the nearer you get to your house the more urgent it becomes (laughs) so I was fumbling with the keys and then trying to get the baby out of the pushchair and basically I had a decision to make it was stay with the baby and pee in my pants or leave the baby outside on the street and go in for a wee. But knowing that my wife could come along at any moment and find our precious child sat by himself. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I'd just like to uh, say, if my wife's listening, I peed my pants. But for the rest of you, as you all well know, I left that baby... <laughs> What about you? Uh, well, quite a few, I think. Um, the one that... <laughs> yeah, yes, I mean, I can list off about five of yours myself. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, quite good I just, at... I'm just interested in which one you're going to pick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, well, the last the last time was probably about a year ago. I I think I'd been to the German beer festival in Yokohama and I was got off the train and always decided to have a another can from the convenience on the walk home even though it's only a only even though it's an eight minute walk and i <laughs> <laughs> and i literally as you said just getting close to my house i thought oh i really need to pee so i started trotting and got to my house and i don't know if she'd done it on purpose she had done it on purpose but the door had, yeah, been, had been locked with the bolt on so i was trying to get the key in and trying to desperately and you can feel it coming so i had my hand down my pants <laughs> pinching the end of my uh little fella trying to hold it in and I could feel it start to hosepipe out so I just managed to managed to pull it out the top pull it out the top of my pants and just basically urinate against my own front door um she then 
she then got out of bed and, um, and opened the door. And I kind of went inside with the, the top of my pants, should we say, wet, which I pulled my jumper over to cover the evidence. And uh, the first Cunning. Thing, Cunning the, plan. The first thing she said to me, is it raining heavily outside? And I said, uh, yeah. And then she went back to sleep and I put my stuff in the washing machine. <laughs> well done. Yeah. And did you ever wash the front door? Yeah, I did in the morning. But when, oh, did I, you? I, I waited until she'd gone somewhere. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, she was a rubbish detective because she said, is it raining heavily outside? And I said, yes, even though my entire body was dry from what she could see. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if you just missed her sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, no, she definitely believed it was raining cats and dogs. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Petter will like it if you say that anymore. <laughs> no, I have to change it to something ridiculous. Like it's raining mats and logs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now it's time for this episode's stand-up. And this uh, episode, we're featuring a set from Dutch comedian, Dutch-Egyptian comedian, Hager. Uh, this was her set from the Magnus International Comedy Competition. I think you're going to enjoy this a lot. It's an uh, airport. <laughs> yeah, I lived in a lot of places and I traveled around a lot, so uh, it just changes depending on which airline I fly. Yeah, so this is going to be the most mangled thing you hear all night. Yeah. Pretty much true. Uh, my personality, on the other hand, now that, that's entirely uh, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Who here watches Mad Men? Yeah. yeah, oh my god, for all seven seasons of Mad Men, I hated every woman <laughs> that I fucked. Yeah. There was a lot of whiskey involved and a lot of uh, knockoff Cuban cigars. Yeah. Towards the end of that show, I was just dousing the women in whiskey and uh, setting them on fire with my cigar. Yeah. I was also simultaneously watching How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> it was a confusing phase. <laughs> it's over now. Yeah, uh, I just started watching Homeland. <laughs> I love TV, I love TV. Uh, growing up, TV was censored in my house anytime there was any kissing or, or sex or uh, the animal porno. Uh, my parents would change the channel. <laughs> it was weird, like, it was very confusing growing up because I wasn't allowed to watch Michael Jackson grab his pussy. <laughs> But my parents thought it was completely reasonable to have a seven-year-old watch Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Their reasoning was, well, you need to know how to silence a lamb for Eid. <laughs> it's great, I love it. I mean, shows like Homeland will give you the idea that the only export coming out of the Middle East and North Africa is terrorism. The biggest export from Egypt, I assure you, is cotton. Goods made in China <laughs> and revolution. Yeah. And even that's probably made in China. <laughs> Growing up in Egypt, uh, English is not actually my first language. Yeah. Uh, despite uh, colonialism. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like every now and again, you'd come across someone who just didn't like that. So this one time I was in the UK and I didn't know a particular word, and this girl was like, "What? You don't know what crop top is? You don't know what a crop top is? Oh, Becky, you should know what a crop top is. Oh my God, I can't believe she doesn't know what a crop top is. Is that because you can't wear a crop top where you come from? Is that it? Is that it?" <laughs> I may not know what it is, but I don't think you should be wearing one. <laughs> and, uh, really? <laughs> you guys don't know the difference between jihad and hijab. <laughs> okay? One is to cover your hair, the other is to cover a U.S. conspiracy. <laughs> Hager there, great stuff, I really enjoyed that. Uh, if you want to find out more about her, you can go to our website, johnandsaminjapan.com. Uh, so that just leaves me to say thanks to uh, Matt Perkins for providing the enlightenment in Culture Corner. And of course, thanks one more time to Hager for the stand-up comedy and to everyone else who was involved in the show, uh, especially Ryo Wakabayashi for his contribution. Okay, and next episode's burning question, because it is going to be a Christmas episode... What's the biggest mistake you've made at Christmas? Um, yes, give us five stars and tell all your friends and family and your enemies. And if you have any burning questions or you want to submit your own comedy or your own news stories, please get in touch. JonasamInJapan.com Anything else? Uh, no, I think that's all. Okay. Catch, Catch you later. later. John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. John, have you asked Santa for anything? Yeah, just more listeners. <laughs> <laughs>